named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark Wall, and I'm joined as ever by Mr. Sam Hunter. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. I am very, very well. Thank you. Congratulations on a sub two-hour half marathon. Well done. Yes, thank you. That was a very busy weekend after, after I played rugby on Saturday, which probably wasn't ideal prep for running a half marathon on uh, on Sunday, but we did it. I was dragged around, well, dragged from Newcastle to South Shields by my brother-in-law, chasing him down. The weather stayed fine for the duration of the race. We got soaking wet after, but yeah, um, we went into it. I was like, I'm not really going for a time. I'm going to be a bit tired from rugby. Anyway, the competitive spirit sort of kicked in and we're like right come on we can do this and we did so yeah feels like mm-hmm. feels like feels like quite a good achievement um to be fair i've not done a great deal of running since well apart from preparing for this since i ran a marathon a couple of years ago so uh and that race did not go particularly well my marathon so to be able to uh finish the race really happy and having enjoyed it and achieved what i wanted to achieve felt really good well i'm just looking at your splits that you sent mm-hmm. me through at the moment and it was clear that you looked at your watch and <laughs> you thought i want to finish under two hours here because you picked up the pace by about a minute a mile towards yeah. the end and you know after after 11 miles in the game of rugby and probably a beer after that uh congratulations i think e- excellent effort mate well done yeah thank you yeah no but you are you are exactly right we 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 did look at it and we picked up the pace and uh that was the aim and we hit and randomly so i'm running across the finish line and i'm like Twenty meters from the finish line, looked to my right. It's a guy I went to school with, and this is like mm. the other side, the other side of the country. I was like, "Oh, hello, mate." He's like, "Oh, hello." Yeah, good. Has he got so, a house to sell? Small, small, small world. He's not got a house yeah. to sell. He was, uh, he was running it for a uh, very sad charity. But anyway, that's uh, that's that's by the by. Yeah, good, good achievement. Um, that took plenty of you know hard work in the build up and over over the summer. So yeah, feels good. Thank you. Very good. On that topic of hard work. Uh, so I was listening to the Rich Roll podcast today. Um, anyone who's ever listened to this show will know that I love Rich Roll. Uh, speaking of big long distance runner as well, so this ties in quite nicely. Yeah. Um, but he was he was interviewing Stephen Bartlett because Stephen Bartlett has a new book out. And when you have a new book out about self-development, uh, you go on the Rich Roll podcast. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about his relationship with his parents. And he, he was saying, you know, he didn't have the best relationship with his parents. But one of the things that, uh, he he took from them uh, throughout the course of his childhood was that they worked hard and never once complained. And he said mm-hmm. he said hard work is not something that you complain about. And he's like that's a value of his. It's something he's taken into it. And and I just thought to myself, one, uh, I was at the gym at the time and and struggling pretty hard, but I don't think I was complaining because uh, I put myself there and actually I felt great after it once you get out of the shower. Uh, but secondly. I have this uh, clear vision in my mind of uh, the sort of atypical estate agent who doesn't get what they want on the phone and they bash the phone down and they say something about the person on the other end of the line, mm. like, oh, you know, time waster. 
never going to do anything or, or whatever it is. That was well one that stops them. Yeah, one that stops them picking up the phone again um, and potentially unearthing the life or career-changing opportunity that is lurking at the other end of the telephone line. Um, but it just it, it reinforces poor behavior. We're recording this after we've had a conversation um, with the guest that we'll introduce in a second. And, and we talk a lot about positivity and enthusiasm mm. and things like that. How that genuinely opens doors to, to have good things um, come into your life. And I just think if, if there's a challenge in this, which is go a day without complaining about anything to do with work and just take what happens for what it is. Um, so make, make that choice to not complain because I think genuinely if you've got that attitude and you are having a bit of a whinge more often than not, it doesn't matter how talented you might be. There are a lot of great uh, estate agents out there that can turn it on on a viewing or turn it on at uh, evaluation, mm-hmm. but do very little in between those moments because it doesn't really serve their ego. And I think if we can remove the complaints and do nothing else. So even if you sit there and do nothing, but you're not complaining about the conversation you had before, or the fact that the phone isn't ringing or the economy or the market or whatever else you can find to, to play the blame game, things will change for you and you will notice a better market or a better economy um, or better colleagues or better conversations when the phone does ring and anything like that. And I think I want to reinforce for everybody listening. And this is me also talking to myself is that our, our choices tell us far more about ourselves than our abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit like why dumb people are often more successful than super intelligent people because the, the smarts in their brain think, well, I'm smarter than everybody. It'll just happen for me. The dumb yeah. guy thinks I've got to work hard. It's, you know, that's how I make it happen for me as well. And they're just grateful, like almost subconsciously grateful all the way through because they're busy looking at how nice the sky is outside and like that instead of thinking about the way that the rest of the world works. So that that's the sort of, uh, challenge that one I'm setting for myself because uh, I'm known to love a whinge every now and again. But two, I think for everybody listening, if, if we can go 24 hours without having a whinge or having a complaint, making that choice and then just writing down how you felt about the end of that day, what actually happened for you that day, what came into your world, what you were able to actually then go and generate. I think it'll make a fundamental difference. And I also mm. think it's not a really hard thing to do. Yeah. In terms of it's not a great deal of effort to keep your mouth shut at from time to time. And and I think it'll yield some pretty incredible results. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, we, we're going to talk uh, very shortly when we introduce today's guest about the positivity, the enthusiasm. And that's a really good way and simple way to to, to start on that road. So mm. if, if there is a lot of negativity, if you are putting the phone down and swearing at the, at the phone and, and that sort of thing, if you can stop doing that, the idea is to replace it with positive and you know enthusi- enthusiastic words and but you know you can't go from zero to to a hundred just stop with those those negativities and as you say stop stop complaining we're in a very privileged position if you if you've got work to complain about take take that as a benefit as a benefit but certainly don't don't do the the complaining and don't complain about the hard work yeah touche but on that note let's uh before we go in and start analysing today's chat too much, let's dive in and introduce today's guest, shall we? Yep, let's do it. Today's guest brings with him a unique story of market disruption, digital transformation, a client-first ethic, all combined with some good old-fashioned real estate agency practice. He's taken two businesses from ideas to being acquired by private equity and a PLC and now works with another great long-standing agency group to help drive their growth. 
Paul Clark, ex-Mr. and Mrs. Clark, and now Marketing and Sales Director of the ANCO Group. Welcome to the World Class Agency Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And just for clarification on that, uh, it's not ex Mrs. Clark. I'm very much still <laughs> with Mrs. Clark. She hasn't she hasn't got rid of me yet, but I'm still very much with 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 my wife Alex. With the wife, ex ex the business, <laughs> happy happily yeah. yeah probably happier for it. I'd suggest. I, I'm very lucky for it. Yes, yes. She, she's good. stuck with through through thick and thin. <laughs> I like the disclaimer to start, just in case Very she's, good. she's listening, Paul. Um, let's start as, uh, as we always do. Please tell us, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? So, world-class agency, for me, is all about the setting of an environment, setting of a culture that allows for top performance. I think I've listened to this podcast, and I'm a huge fan um, and you guys talk a lot about sort of at the at the business end, the actual what the agents doing, sort of the 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 the, the peak performance at the end of the process. I'm obsessed with the culture of what we create to allow that to happen. So, um, setting of an environment, constantly monitoring that environment, constantly providing a foundation for winning uh, an environment to allow those estate agents to deliver. Um, success for their clients. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, bastardize the name of this show and the first question I'll be asking. Put it, put it back to you in another way, and that is, what does a world class estate agency culture look like to you? So I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with culture. I'm obsessed with sort of looking at, at other businesses, other so sport. Um, so my background, I studied psychology at university, and then. Um, studied sports psychology um, at Loughborough University, so um, talking with cultures, with sports mm. and um, excellence, spent time at, at, at Loughborough. Then I worked in elite sports, worked with elite athletes. Um, I then went into teaching um, at one of the top public schools in the country. Again, a culture um, that is driven um, for excellence of, of the students. Um, and I then went into business, set up a, a, an events and marketing agency, and then came into a state agency. Um, but cultures and environments for me are pretty similar across all of those those different worlds. Um, positive is is a word that I I, hmm. I I live off. I'm full of enthusiasm. I'm full of positivity, and I think having a culture that's really positive all the time is really important um, for business and for sports. Um, constant feedback from from two sides. So coming into this new environment, so the ANCO group um, it, that have communication from the great leaders in the business to um, guys and girls that are on, on the front line. So I think communication, a constant feedback loop, um, good and bad, you, you've got to hear that all the time, and one that's constantly adapting. I think that's really important. Um, if you have success, why did you have success? How do you adapt and get more success? And if stuff went badly, well, why did it go badly? What went wrong? What can we do to make it better? It's that constant um, uh, adapting to to environments, you know. And the interesting one for me in the state agency is it, it's a it's kind of a volatile world. It's up and down and up and down. Different markets, economies, political systems, COVIDs, um, house prices, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's volatile. Um, so having a consistent environment of a really clear set of structures, processes, tone of voice, values, um, but being able to handle that volatile market. 
Fabulous. Can I just pick up on one thing that you mentioned there? Uh, I love the positive and the enthusiastic. I think, you know, if you're wanting to create, as you say, excellent, that's just an absolute given for me. But one thing that I picked up is what you talked about, the two-way constant feedback, both good and bad. So I don't know whether you can share this or are willing to share this, but did you have a good system for gathering that feedback and then taking action against it? Because I think there's probably a lot of, smaller estate agency owners listening that maybe give feedback one way and don't receive it but the the other way so i just wondered if you've got a good system um that enables business owners to implement that yeah i think yeah you've got to you probably just lose that for start right you've got to it's you've got to listen you, you know and, and you guys have talked about it in the past but if you're a leader in a business You've got to listen to people all the time and take all of that feedback constantly and then adapt to make things better. Now, I know a lot of people in business, I know a lot of people in life that just don't listen. Um, and it's not a great trait. The ability to listen, soak it up, simulate that knowledge and then put it into action. So um, you can have all of the systems and processes and intentions, but unless you then put it into action, there's no point in it. So, yeah, I think it's it's. It's, it's listening, thinking about it, and then working with the others to put it into action. Um, but the point on it, so the enthusiasm point, I think is, is for me massively important. I think enthusiasm sometimes is seen as a really childish um, trait. Um, mm-hmm. When I look, when I when I look at people coming into the team, any team I've worked with, an enthusiasm, a hunger, a desire, all of that good stuff, I think is so important. You've got to have that if you're going to be successful in my opinion. I, I agree with that 100%. I actually um, said something that I I think we've talked a lot on this show over the years about how important it is to empathize and to be a good listener. And we've said it's not a listening presentation, it's a listening presentation. But I don't know if we've ever had someone say that not listening is not a great trait. And that really hit home for me. I was like, actually, that's sometimes you need to hear the negative to to st- have one of those aha moments where you think, actually, no, you're right. It, it isn't a great trait. And you wouldn't want to work with somebody as a as a colleague. You probably don't want to employ somebody as or instruct somebody as an estate agent. You wouldn't want to date somebody who didn't listen to you, right? So what a fundamental skill um, that we all have the ability to develop if we focus. I, I wonder, I want to ask you about Mr. and Mrs. Clark, the business, not the marriage, but we can get to that if we've got time. Um, <laughs> I, I'm keen to understand that story because uh, from the outside looking in, um, and I won't do you any service here, but it, it, and I'll be very blunt. It looked like the, the industry or, or an estate agent or a couple pissed you off and you're like, I'm just going to go and do this better than you. So, um, or at least hope to do it better. And I think you, you succeed in certainly building a strong brand and you guys have some great reviews out there and, and, you know, things worked out pretty well with that story at the end of it. But did someone not listen to you to start? Is that how Mr. And Mrs. Clark was, was founded? Walk us through the story of that. Yeah. That is exactly where it came from. Exactly where it came from. So we is at the job we lived. That that was the story. I think to have a really clear brand story was really important. That's ex- that was exactly the story. Um, yeah. So it was. God, we'd we'd. Uh, yeah, I won't name names of agencies, but there were two that really pissed us off. We were selling our first um, house in London, um, and we were moving to Brighton, um, and. Actually, there were several agents that pissed us off. I'm really trying to say, about four or five, actually thinking about it. Um, 
Yeah, and the classic was someone came around our, our house that we'd spent a lot of money renovating, walked in, it was the classic. Clipboard, tight suit, brill creams hair. I remember this chap absolutely vividly, and he's he's the persona that I have when I talk for sort of everyone in, in when doing training and things. And he came in, and I kid you not, he didn't look me in the eye, he didn't shake my hand, he literally walked past us, he knocked on a wall, um, and then kind of said a figure that he thought this house was worth. And I, Alex, and my wife, is is um, she doesn't suffer fools, and she just said, look, we're not going to sell a house, that's it, go away. No, absolutely not. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, you just you just made a mistake, you could have made a lot of money out of this deal, you know, we, you know you're with a big agent's on, um, so it's Islington, so upper streets in Islington is full of estate agents. Um, and he missed out on our business. Um, and then we were buying a house in, in Sussex, just north of Brighton, and another very established international estate agency just treated us like like we were genuinely, you know, never called us back, turned up late to, to show us around a house, didn't know anything about the house. Um, we we're buying a grade two listed cottage and they didn't tell us it was grade two listed it wasn't on the advertising there was no wall it was just it was just that 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 light bulb moment just popped up to us after viewing this house with with these guys this 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 this, this agency and then we went for a, a run and i was just up, up, up to alex you know, I, I, we've, we've gone on a decent run and i don't know how i still have the energy to speak I was like, estate agents are this, estate agents are that. This is terrible. This is terrible. She was like, well, shut up. Let's let's do our own. Let's set our own estate agency up. I was like, all right, then go on. What's what? What are we going to call it? And she was like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Clark. I was like, brilliant. Done. Let's do it. <laughs> and on that run, we then decided, you know, what we were going to do. It was coming out of a a, a, a sort of a poor service. We were going to run a business based on the finest customer services and beautiful marketing. So we were sick of getting A4 pieces of paper with crap photos on and you know, vanilla descriptions. So mm. they, were our they were our two core values in the business. And that's what we then set about over the next eight years of, of growing. And we, and we stuck with it. Um, and it will, it, that will continue of beautiful advertising and the finest customer services. And that's it. Strong, very, very, very strong brand values. I think it's so interesting to hear that all that determination came from numerous bad experiences. But then, so if you've had that experience, how do you then, how did you then go about introducing yourself and the brand to the market to show people how different you were, why you were different? And I'm intrigued. Did you think it was difficult to differentiate yourself or did you think it was quite easy given the experience that you'd had? I thought you were going to ask me, did you think it was easy to be an estate agent? I genuinely, <laughs> yeah, no problem. This, 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 this gig is going to be so simple, and it's not, and it's mm. not simple. Doesn't everyone think it? Years in. <laughs> it's not a simple job, and it's a brilliant industry, and that's why um, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in this industry for the long run. I absolutely love it. Um, but how did we kind of really set up? Yeah, so we, so that clear core brand values. Um, we then worked with a, a brilliant branding agency that made that come to life in terms of our aesthetic, our look, our feel, our tone of voice, our website, our social media. And then it was about, so this is quite, quite pertinent with sort of um, people setting up their own agency, which is which is huge at the moment in the brokerage model, the self-employed model. But it's also, I think, really pertinent for well, probably small independents to large groups. Um, we were just 
consistent and clear about what we were offering. So we had no customers, we had no experience, and we just went out to the local community, the local. So we moved back up to Warwickshire. We saw where we thought we could disrupt. There was a big international country agent. There was a small independent agency that was absolutely dominating. And we said, right, we can we we can disrupt this. We can positively disrupt it by our 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 sort of two brand values. And we were just really relentless about talking to people. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Nothing, you know, no proof of it. This is what we're going to do. And then when we did it, when we got our first client, and she said. Yeah, go on then. I'll I'll take a punt on you, you enthusiastic hmm. waffler. Um, Positive. And then we delivered. So we 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 you know this was ten nine years ago. We we styled the house top to bottom. It was a three bedroom semi detached house in a village called Lapworth in Warwickshire, halfway between Solihull and Warwick. It went on the market just under five hundred thousand pounds, but we. Styled it top to bottom. We got uh, a brilliant photographer and we did a video of the property. We got it in the Birmingham Post. We got some PR about it. We did a social media campaign about it. We, um, this will make you laugh, Sam. We had a Pitney Bowes machine. Um, so the hmm. sort of direct mailing. So we stamped letters to local um, people and delivered letters. Um, about the direct marketing campaign about we've got this house for sale. We're selling one of your neighbor's houses. The 2020 letter or whatever it is hmm. is, is called. We told the local community what we were doing and we showcased what we were doing. And then that was sort of the, 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 the marketing side of it. And then someone, when people came to view it, we did everything that we didn't like about estate agents before. We turned up on time. We talked to them. We picked the phone up. We knew everything about the house. We were nice for them. We 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 put on a show when we did the viewing. Um, we progressed the sale relentlessly. We delivered excellent customer service. Yeah, we won clients. But then social proof happened and people sort of heard, okay, that's this is kind of the Disneyland of estate agency, which now being in the industry, I see it happening a lot. I see it happening not very a lot. Um, so we just were consistent. And then we were consistent with that for the next eight years. And I am now consistent with that with my, my new teams of delivering excellent customer service from start to finish. I want to ask you a question about that. So I... I... I really love the language of uh, beautiful marketing and the finest customer service. I think one that attracts a certain client to you. Yeah, yeah. For any, I don't think we've got any uh, people listening that'll take offence to this, but you're probably not going to get a, a chav picking up the phone saying, "I want you to come value my house," yeah. with language like that. So my question to you is, what's more important when? And we've got a lot of people who listen to this show who are, I say new, but they have probably been in the industry less than two years um, or they've been in the industry a long time, but have left the comfort of a salary job of 25 grand a year and have gone out and they're punching their way in the world. And, you know, kudos to them for taking that leap. I think more power yeah. to you. That's that, that personal service is the way the industry is going to go. So a question to you on that is what's more important to get right first or maybe get right early to marketing. So the beautiful marketing, or the finest customer service? Oh, God, I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say there's a balance between the two, but I will, I will try <laughs> and commit to one. Um, so <laughs> customer service, it's the way you talk to people, the way you interact with people from before they're your customer almost. So talking genuinely being nice to people 
it's basically like so many businesses. If you're nice to someone, yeah, and oh, you're gonna help them, you're gonna say I'm gonna help you. I think that comes first. So, mm. we, so I think that yeah, I think that would come first. I, I want to commit to an answer on it. I think the customer service is how you interact with people from start to finish, and they're gonna see you. You know, you you can pay a lot of money for branding agencies um, to paint very pretty pictures and. You know that's fine. Do that, but you've got to follow it through. You've got to follow that through. So um, yes, there is a balance between the, the two. You've got to create, you know, great marketing, um, brand awareness, lead generation. You've got to get out on social media, and but it's consistency. But I think it's the the person. You know, mm. good, good being nice to people, working hard for them. That's where it's at. So uh, I had a sneaky suspicion that that was going to be your answer because you said something earlier that when. Uh, you and your wife set up Mr. and Mrs. Clark, you you went about relentlessly talking to people about what you guys stood for. And to me, that is, you are serving people at all times, not just the people who've decided to hand you an agreement and maybe some money to go and market their home for them. And you need to earn the right to market anything beautifully, I think. So my follow-up question off the back of that is to anybody who's listening to this who wants to reinvigorate their customer service, um, who wants to maybe stand for something, where can they start? Well, you've got to be genuine about it, I think. And you've got to be open. There's got to be an openness to, to help people. You know, we're in the business of helping people. You know, this is a, and, and, and you guys talk about it a lot. You're helping someone through a very emotional part of their life and they've got to trust you. So actually being a genuine person, every good estate agent I have met has had that, has had that warmth about them, has had mm. that, uh, nothing is too much trouble attitude um, and a willingness to serve their client of kind of, and I know I listened to one of your um, guests a while ago, the idea of serving your clients, you know, they're not a, a waiter or a waitress. I kind of disagree with it in a way. I, I, I'll, I'll serve my clients and I have done for, you know, nearly 10 years. When I get a client, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do anything I can to help them. Mm. In a genuine. Way. So a warmth, and openness again comes back to that listening to feedback you want to hear what they're saying um, and you want to give them advice so i think it's yeah i think being an estate agent takes a certain type a great a world-class estate agent takes a a certain type of person that you have empathy you're nice you work hard those kind hmm. of stuff yeah uh, and i think you, you you talked about it earlier it's being nice to people isn't it at the end at the end of the day you you can't deliver Poor customer service if you're always nice and you're always pleasant to those people. And as you said, I suppose that's got to come first because you have to do that to then get the opportunity to, to deliver the fantastic marketing if we're talking property specific. I just want to uh, take a bit of a different track just sort of for the last few minutes, if that's all right, Paul. And you mentioned earlier on about taking inspiration from sport. Um, mm. and you, know, you know, because you listen that Sam and I take an interest in sport and we'll try and make any sporting analogy relevant to estate agents. So you said that you've worked in elite sport and we can learn a lot of cultural things from elite sport. So in your experience, what are a couple of things that we can learn from elite sport and what are some of the best either documentaries that you've watched or things that you've seen that you thought, oh, actually, I can implement that into my estate agency business. The idea of something that a listener can go away this afternoon, this evening, watch that, read that, see that and implement it, learn from it. I'm sorry, Sam. This is going to upset you. 
Um, 2003, so favorite, rugby world cup. <laughs> so one of my favorite, favorite sporting books, um, is probably Legacy by oh, great uh, book. About, James Kerr. Yeah. 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 Well, Magnificent. yeah, which is create about creating cultures, mm. yeah. um, people within the cultures uh, within New Zealand. Uh, you know, that's a if, if you haven't read if any of the listeners haven't read that, I think that's a, a great place to, to go and, and read about Clive Woodward's book from like post when we won the World Cup. Again, I want to get that in with Sam. Um of, of when England won the World Cup and what Clive Woodward did to transform sport. So, um, just that, that, was, so that, from, that was the first time, sorry, Paul, to interrupt. They're going to win the World Cup yeah, this yeah. time as well, obviously. Now, <laughs> rugby's a dead well, sport. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Positivity, <laughs> enthusiasm, that's what we need, quite right. Um, yeah. Um, so the thing I, so Clive Woodward, um, that idea of doing things differently. So actually, then it came into a state agency with me. And there was a story, I think he was kind of coach of London Irish. And um, he he gave each player a different number. So the fly half wasn't wearing 10, he was wearing number two. And the front row was wearing number 13. Now, the RFU then said, you're not allowed to do that. But it was someone actually um, trying to do things differently to get the, the, the winning edge to actually mm. uh, to succeed, to win. And I, 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 I do it every day. You know, you kind of look for the gap. You, you look for the opportunity, and you go for it. You know, and I think that's the advice for estate agents. You can sit, you can procrastinate, you can think about it, and oh my god, the competitor down the road isn't doing that, so I can't do that. Be brave. You know, bravery in sport is a huge thing. Actually, no risks. You know, taking a risk, hitting the gap. So. Um, I think that's probably the bit I learned from sport the most. You want to create an environment where your people within it are prepared to take risks and be brave. So with our marketing, but now and previously, I always said to them, let's be brave. You know, let's be brave with the way you describe a, a property. Let's be brave with the message you put out to people. Don't just do exactly the same thing. Otherwise, you're just going to stay at a certain level. If you're going to be world class, if you're going to win at sport, you've got to be prepared to take, to take some risks. I actually, when when you're talking about um, having a, a constant feedback loop of, of good and bad from all sides before, I wrote down that you've got to create an environment of trust. Um, and I'm now going to ruin what we're going to talk about when we when we do a wrap up of this. But I think that it, that is the hallmark, if I can use that word, of of a great culture is an environment where people are scared to take risks um, and aren't scared to throw that pass. If we're going to use sporting analogies or, or run for that gap when perhaps there was another simpler play on. You see some of you go for it and they don't then have the fear of judgment from their teammates or their colleagues and everyone just goes, you know what, I back you. Next time that it's, happens again. Yeah, 100%. And then in, in a business sense, that's just, if, I don't like the corporate speak of, you know, empowering people to take their initiative or anything like that. It's just trust. You say to people all the time, you've come in here, we've seen something in you, you've clearly seen something in us. Let's get on with what we know how to do. And if you need help, you come to me and I'll do everything that I can to resource you up, educate you, do whatever it is. But, you let them get on with it. And the right people ask for help at the right time. Idiots don't ask for help or worse, egotistical people don't ask for help. And then as a, a leader, you've got a decision to make about it being the right home or otherwise for some people. So I think you've hit the nail on the head, Mark. That was a fantastic question. Well done. That's so good. Thank you. Um, well, I was I was going to ask something about real estate, but I don't think that's the right way to end because we can't really go backwards from there. Uh, and the less we talk about rugby, for the next however long the Rugby World Cup's going for, the better. 
so Paul, it's going on for a long time. It's, it's it is going on for a long time. Yeah, well, I've just come from watching the women's uh, World Cup, and they're playing every four days. And then I'm thinking to myself, rugby's not that tough. You guys could play more than every eight days or whatever it might be. Who knows? Um, Paul, uh, yeah, we digress. Thank you. Uh, that was a wonderful conversation. Um, I've I've got more notes than thirty minutes uh, than you'd think you would get in thirty minutes, and I think. Whenever you have a, a conversation around culture and trust um, and a consistent level of performance rather than peaks and troughs, it's something that if you're listening to it, you get an opportunity to learn from and actually go and implement. And I really appreciate taking the time to share the Mr. and Mrs. Clark story as well, because there's so much that people can take away of, okay, if nothing else, my mission today is to go and be open and warm and to do as best I possibly can about genuinely helping people. We can all do that. Hands down, no questions asked. And and the goal of this episode or of this this show every week is to deliver one piece of value that the listener can take away and do for free immediately. And you've you've done that in spades. So from Mark and I and from everybody listening, thank you so much. My my pleasure, my pleasure. And I, I'm genuinely a huge fan of the podcast. It's it's um it's brilliant. You guys are doing a, a great service to the estate agency industry um over here. So well done. Thank you. A massive thank you once again to Paul Clark from Amco Group for joining us today. Sam, loads of lessons. Mm. It was really nice to have a have a chat with somebody who's thinking very much high high level. Um, and we talked about it on the intro. I'm just going to start with the positive and enthusiasm. It's something that's very close to my heart. Something that I try and bring to to every day. And I think Paul brought brought to our chat as well. He did. Uh, and thank you, Mark, for as soon as we stopped recording, saying, "Geez, it was good to have a guest." Uh, I really felt that in <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you to Paul. It was it was an excellent conversation. Um, I think again, like we 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 had this conversation with Paul just before we said goodbye. Really solid estate agency is is not a new science. Mm-hmm. It's out there for all to see. Uh, it's spoken about week in week out on on this show. It's spoken about week in week out on literally thousands of podcasts, YouTube videos, books, you name mm-hmm. it. If you want to radically transform your business into something that is wildly successful beyond your dreams, the blueprint is out there for free. Yep. You just have to go and put in the work, right? And it's a bit like what we're talking about at the start of this show about not complaining about having to work hard. You've you got to get out there and do something with it. And yep. setting up a culture at the start, being uh, so clear and actually relentless was was the language that Paul used about when they were going out and communicating to people what they were going to do mm-hmm. being so clear about those values um just just keeps you on track and ensures that you don't waste time chasing those shiny toys which mm-hmm. we all do we're all guilty of it and it's because we haven't taken that time to set that up and uh you know i think we're coming to the end of the year it's that feeling again where you've got the excitement about the new year and you might be looking back on this one thinking, okay, I'll do my best this year, but what an opportunity to spend the last quarter of 2023 getting some clarity on what you're going to stand for mm-hmm. and how you're going to move into the new year and stick behind it and use those things as your as your North Star. Um, you know, I think when, when, when I listen back or when I listen back, when I think back to that conversation, there were a couple of... Uh, negative statements that really stood out to me not negative in a, in a negative sense but the opposite of what we would usually say the first one was you know not listening is not a very good trait mm. what it isn't full stop end yeah. of story if you want to be good if, if you want to be better than average 
at anything in life, you have to listen, right? Johnny Wilkinson doesn't kick that field goal in 2003 if he doesn't listen to Clive Woodward. Simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to have a desire, not just an everyone's got an ability to listen if they're able to, right? But you have to have a desire to really listen. And if you change nothing else, that's going to make a massive difference. And then the other thing that, that I really took away from this was that Paul and his wife went into this, um, and hello, Alex, if you're listening, uh, thinking we're just going to do the opposite of our experience. Mm-hmm. Can't be that hard. And he immediately identified, or they immediately identified that it's not a simple job. And this is where that showing you're working comes into it. Yeah. How do you sit with somebody? If you're only appraising their home for 10 or 15 minutes and giving them a price, it does appear like it's a pretty simple job. If you walk in there with brill cream in your hair and a, a tight suit, I think he said. Yeah, I think he did three say that. For who that. Three guesses for who that bloke worked for uh, on Upper Street. Um, it's probably Marsh Parsley. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you walk in there with a clipboard and a tight suit and you're giving somebody 15 minutes and a price it does appear like it's a simple job and suddenly 2% or more feels really expensive for what you don't understand. Whereas if you sit down with them and you say, Hey, we'll do the tour in a second, but let's talk about you. Let's talk about your circumstances. Let's yeah. talk about the market. Let's talk about sales. Let's talk about the buyers. Cause I made a list of these buyers want this, these buyers want this, these buyers want this, and these buyers want this four lists of buyers all looking for four bedroom houses, but different house or three bedroom, ter- whatever it is. Right. I just had to see your place before I knew which list I needed to call first. Mm. Then it's like, what price should I tell them? <laughs> I... 500. Well, oh, 500. 500? Right? So it isn't simple. And you don't know that unless you do the job. Yeah. And it's our job to communicate to them that it is a little bit more complicated than just giving a price and hoping for the best. And Paul lived that experience and built a great business off the back of that and is now building a great career off the back of that. Everybody else who's listening to this show and, you know, has to then make that decision to go and do that themselves too. Mm. I, uh, when he was telling me that story about the, his experience with estate agents, as often happens, it's very different. That market is very different to the market that, that I operate in. And I'm often, you know, because you, you sit here every week when people tell us these stories, I'm sort of, sat mouth wide open thinking how does that happen how does that go on in the world that i've spent so long in and it's like so alien to me but i can understand why you would go through that experience and think well we can do this um Mm. and i can then understand why he brought through the brand values that that he brought through and his uh, language was very intentional throughout the podcast you you mentioned he used the word relentless uh in in telling people about the business but he used the word finest customer service and beautiful Mm. marketing as his brand values so um very simple but you know what is it five words and it just, you know, they built their business around that. That's what made made them unique. I'm sure they communicated that to absolutely everyone. Um, but I think it was so important. You know, he still referenced back to that. He said it's still on his LinkedIn talking about that. It's it's very, very clear. It's not overcomplicated. But, my God, it was very, very effective for them. 100%. And I think... You couple that simplicity with, and and we didn't talk about this on the show, but it's it is a saying, a statement, a quote, whatever you want to call it, that we've spoken about numerous times 
um, over the course of this show. But it, you, you couple that simplicity with working hard and being nice to people and with a bit of patience, but coupled with that, you know, relentlessness of actually going out and doing the activity that you need to generate new business, you will be unstoppable. Yeah. And you will that- build a, an incredible brand, an incredible business, an incredible reputation. You get incredible results, you know, and you'll probably have a pretty healthy bank balance as well. Yeah. But yeah, go and go and find the one that, that works for you. If you haven't got your brand values quite that mm. simple, you know, it doesn't have to be the same. It probably shouldn't be the same, but come up with your own and communicate it to absolutely everyone because that those five words work just as effective internally as they do externally. Um, I, I was thinking about this uh, when when he said this. He's like, we, we did the opposite of all the things that pissed us off about estate agents. Right? <laughs> and I just think everybody listening to this will have been asked, like, what makes you different? You know, yeah. your your fee's a little bit more than them. They you all gave the same price and your fee's a little bit more. What makes you different? Why don't you just list things? We show up to our appointments on time. <laughs> we we give you a call, even if it's not every day, we give you a call a couple of times a week. We actually here's a form that we're gonna get you to fill out before we bring a single person through the door. Because it's probably gonna be a question that any number of the X number of buyers that we're gonna through is gonna ask us. And we need all the answers because you know what? Most agents will go, I don't know, I'll find out for you. We want to give yeah. them the answers then so we can give them the confidence to make a quick offer so yeah. we can get you a great price because the longer you're on the market, costing you a bit yeah. of money, yada, yada, yada. So just think about what are, what's all the crap stuff that bad estate agents do mm. and how can you just ideally show people but certainly tell people that you do the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. And how effective that could be for you, hopefully to be as effective as, as Paul and, and his business. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, a massive thank you once again uh, to Paul for, for joining us. A really enjoyable chat um, and nice to hear from somebody coming out of the industry, coming in for the right reasons, making an impact and being able to to learn from that. And that's exactly you know why we, we do this. You know, we say every week we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. Um, so if you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it out on social, reach out, uh, share it with colleagues. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week.